0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: Welcome into episode 10. Here we are, Ella number 10, joined by my awesome co-host, Gabriella Giovanni. I'm Kayla Anderson, and it's crazy, but we have gotten to episode 10 already, and I think it's going, I think it's going well, Ella. I mean, what would you say? You haven't, I'm (laughs) having so
2: much fun. It's, it is crazy. We've done 10 episodes. I know. To say that is weird.
1: And I hope that we have been giving you out there, the listeners, a little bit of a variety of things. And, um, we have much more to come. So, We'll get to our guest this week in just a moment, but I did want to um, bring the elephant up in the room here, Ella. I know you're not going to want to talk about this, but your Philadelphia Eagles season has come to an end. Oh. I know. It's not fun to talk about.
2: No, Like, why do I like this game? Why? I was asking my, I was honestly asking myself that when they were driving they had one more opportunity what yep. 143 left on the clock and they were driving and i was like why do i like this why why do i invest my life in this <laughs> and then the pick happened and now i'm just i'm just not okay
1: you're wait you're waiting for next season but you know what all i have to say is nobody really expected i think at some point of this season, it was like, okay, I don't think the Eagles are the team that they were last year, you know? know? And then it was so amazing. Um, when Wince went down, which nobody wants to see that happen, but just to see Nick Foles again, again, do, do what he did last year, not to the fullest that he did last year. But I mean, that, that's incredible to, to well, do what he did.
2: It- it's mind-blowing. Honestly, it's mind-blowing yeah. when when you think about it. And you think about his past in the NFL. He hasn't always had very successful seasons. Right. And he's bounced around teams. He already had one stint in Philadelphia, and he didn't do anything. And for him to be the first quarterback to win a Super Bowl for the city of Philadelphia is insane to me. And then to do what he did again. And he basically just lit a fire in the team, in the city. Because, like you said, I mean, their season looked gone yes. by the middle of the year. And the way they've turned it around, the way they finished out the regular season, and it's it's so frustrating because they they came out so strong on Sunday, and when you look at how kind of the the chain of events throughout that whole game, the third quarter basically the Saints had the ball the whole entire quarter, the yep. whole they 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 dominated time of possession, and sh- they could have won, they could have won, and played the Rams who they already beat. Ugh. Like, this is stressful.
1: <laughs> you know what? But there's always, you know, I hate to say this because it's so cliche, but there's always next season. Always next and That's.
2: But when you say that, it triggers like when I was a kid and I would just hang yeah. on to Eagle seasons every year. And I can picture it. It would be on Monday morning. We would have the news on in the morning when we were eating breakfast and you would see the reporter outside Citizens Bank Park in her Phillies red winter coat. And she would say, there's always next always another year. Season. I was like, <laughs> like she was introing into Philly season because sure. the Eagles had not done it again.
1: That's really, that's really fun. I know the childhood memories that we keep with us, right?
2: It's all you had to, like, look for and hang on to, and it was the best.
1: Well, yeah, I, I think that- it will still – What the good thing about that is um, I think they did – this is my opinion, but I think that they beat – what I think is probably the best team right now, and on on both sides of the ball, and that and I I hope the Saints can go all the way because I am a huge fan of Drew Brees. I love and Drew Brees. And I don't think you can argue with the point that guess what? That whole Saints team is filled with former Buckeyes.
2: Well, that I actually tweeted on Sunday night. I said I'd never thought I'd be so mad at a bunch of Buckeyes. Every yeah. time, either they were catching the ball, Michael Thomas, who's a beast Buckeye. Yep. Yep. Marshawn Lattimore, the interception, Buckeye. Yep. I mean, every time there was a big play, they call it the Ohio State Saints because literally there are so many Ohio State, former Ohio State players on that team. It's insane.
1: Yeah, it's it's great. I, I love it. And um, I look forward to seeing what they can do the rest of the way. So um, that actually brings us into a perfect segue to introduce <laughs> our guest, because he has covered the Ohio State but Guys. He has covered a lot of football in the Cleveland area, along with a lot, of, a lot of other sports. So, Ella, why don't you do us the honor of introducing our next Beyond Basic podcast guest?
2: thrilled to bring in our next guest. He is the digital producer and sports writer at WKYC Channel 3 in Cleveland, Ohio. He covers the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Browns, Indians, and Ohio State Athletics. He's a graduate of the Ohio State University and is the author of the 2017 book titled Urban Meyer vs. College Football, The Case for College Football's Greatest Coach. Kayla and I both got to know him when he would make on-air appearances at 10 TV in Columbus. Please welcome Ben Axelrod.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: So, Ben, uh, I feel like I haven't talked to you in ages because you would make, like, weekly appearances on our weekend shows, Wall-to-Wall Sports in Columbus. So I feel like I'm reunited here with one of my buddies back in Ohio. I know. uh,
0: We had had quite the little stretch there where where I was – I felt like a 10TV cast member there for a little bit. Uh,
2: Yeah. I I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, that was a really fun time. That was actually toward – um, I think that was toward the end of both of our times in Columbus. So It, it was. Um, yeah, with, with Dave Holmes, we we had quite the little uh, uh, routine there.
1: We had fun. Well, Ben, first of all, I, for those, those people out there that are listening to this podcast, kind of explain how you got into sports journalism. And then when did you know, hey, this is the career path I'm going towards?
0: Yeah, it, it was something that... I've been asked that before, and it's hard to pinpoint like one exact moment or or one exact um, uh, event that that kind of put it all into motion. But um, I mean, growing up, I was always a a sports fan and and always kind of the the sports guy of my friends and, uh, you know, always knew everything about the NBA and, and college football, especially being in Columbus and the NFL and baseball. Um, but I, I actually, I went to school as a film production major. I was, I was big into broadcast and video, um, at, in high school and and figured I would kind of continue that trend and, and whether that, you know, whether that led to, to making movies or or being a sports broadcaster, I didn't really know, but, but I knew I wanted to do something in media. Um, and I actually wound up trans, I I started at Ohio university and, and transferred to Ohio state. Um, And I transferred mid-year and and wound up living in in an apartment by myself down in Columbus and uh, a lot of time by myself there and (laughs) listening to sports talk radio in 97.1 in Columbus and uh, really became a big fan and and somewhere toward the end of my sophomore year, just called the station or emailed the station and asked about internships because I figured it it was something I could do and and something, um, you know, I wanted to be around a little bit more. So I wound up getting an internship at, at one and, and spending a summer there and just going to interview sessions and, and interviewing players and stuff. I, I just kind of fell in love with, with that whole scene and uh, sports media as a whole and, and putting stuff together at the radio station. So from there, I, I switched my major to, to sports or to, to journalism at Ohio State because I figured that was kind of the major that made the most sense mm-hmm, to, sure. to put me on the path to, to be doing that. And so at Ohio State, the, the whole journalism program leads up to, to being a part of the Lantern. So once I got to the Lantern, um, that's when I started to really get into sports writing. And, and that's when I fell in love with sports writing. And that's when podcasts really started to, to I don't want to say they took off because they didn't take off till a few years later. But that's when I started to get into them. So I figured, you know, I could be a sports writer and still do podcasting and still do radio. So um you know, by, by the time I, that all kind of came together, I was already a senior in college, but that kind of put me on the path, and, and from there I got on the Ohio State beat. And um, But yeah, that that's kind of, there wasn't a moment. It was kind of something mm-hmm. that happened, uh, something I knew I wanted to do, but, but the way I got to being a sports writer in particular kind of happened by accident.
2: I guess for people who don't know too, The Lantern is the student-run newspaper at Ohio State, so if you're in the journalism program, as I was too, Ben, you, mm-hmm. you take a class basically that you're assigned a beat, and you cover that beat the whole semester and you write for the Lantern, which is a really great hands-on experience. Um, and I know to this day the students are still doing that. So that's really cool to see. Um, well, now you're in Cleveland, like we said, uh, covering Cleveland sports. It it has to be a bit of an interesting experience because you go from covering arguably the greatest basketball player of all time in LeBron James to the Browns as they drafted the you know polarizing rookie of Baker Mayfield who has brought some hope to Browns fans this season um, you know some successful seasons with the Indians and so much more what has that experience been getting to cover these types of teams and athletes in the city of Cleveland? you know Cleveland is in the past and the NFL has been kind of the laughing stock in the league and and now you have the opportunity to to work with this team where they just made a big head coaching change and you have Baker Mayfield and and things are really starting starting to form there in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, I, I'll tell you, the, the strangest thing about this whole thing, because I came up to, to Cleveland in the summer of 2017, and actually my my first day in Cleveland, like literally I, I, I left my old job in Columbus and got on a plane and, and went to went on vacation and came back from vacation and got off the plane and Kyrie Irving demanded a trade. Yeah, so that my was my gosh. first day <laughs> Hello. up here in Welcome. Cleveland. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, like that was a very... Cleveland experience, having that happen and, and listen to sports talk radio uh, all, all weekend. And uh, I, I feel like there's been I, I mean, I haven't had a slow day up in Cleveland ever since. <laughs> and that was July of, of 2017. Um, the, the strange thing about it, and, and you guys know this working in sports media is, you know, to a degree, i mean not even to a degree that that was one thing that you learn in journalism school right is you're, you're not supposed to be a fan mm-hmm, right. of the teams you're you're not a cheerleader there's no cheering in the press box well i covered ohio state and i grew up an ohio state fan i grew up in columbus but but that was fine like i had kind of i don't want to say grew out of my fandom but but ohio state football having covered the program and stuff it, it just meant something different to me sure. um but i always had cleveland sports fandom like that was my escape i i you know you can dig through my profile pictures on Facebook
1: and <laughs> find pictures
0: of, of me in Indians gear or, or celebrating the Cavs championship or especially in Browns gear. And I always wanted to live in Cleveland. Like I always loved Cleveland and, and a big part of that was the sports teams up here, but I'm in this weird place now where I come up here in I'm supposed to be covering the teams, but like, I'm not like, I'm still a big Cavs fan. Yeah, I'm man. still a big Browns fan. I'm, I'm I'm still a big Indians fan. So the Cavs are like my main beat up here. Like if anything were to happen with the Cavs, like I'm the one at my station responsible for covering that okay. and being the point person on that. Kind of the Indians as well and, and I write brown stories and stuff, but but that's also like where I've drawn the line where I'm like, Hey, I'm gonna have my Sundays in the fall off and, and I'm gonna be down tailgating in the Muni lot nice. and I'm not gonna be spending it <laughs> in the press box. So Um, It was a lot easier to do that, though, when the Cavs still had LeBron, and and it kind of felt uh, like I was still carrying my weight covering the Cavs because LeBron was such a big deal and the Cavs were such a big deal. So we'll see if that shifts at all um, here in in the next year or so if if I decide I want to start covering the Browns on Sundays or taking more of an active role in covering the Browns. But uh, yeah, that's been like the strangest adjustment is like it's hard to, to change like you know, what you feel inside and and Mm -hmm. who you feel like you are as a Cleveland sports fan and and to do that, you know, on a little more professional level.
1: You know, and Ben, it's funny that you say that because you're obviously working in a city where you grew up and you were a fan of those teams. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of the opposite. I've been all around the country. I've been to like seven different cities covered sports teams in every cities, but it's only natural, I feel like, if you are a a sports fan at heart and you're a competitor at heart that you kind of grow a liking for the teams that you cover and you do have to be partial obviously still and you can't show that when you are doing your reporting but i mean i'll i'll say it right now every team that i've covered there's a special little piece of of them that i hold with me as i go along my journey so i can understand where you're coming from especially for the fact that you know you grew up loving all these teams. So, you know, it's just it's just natural. And
0: I think selfishly like it's more fun to cover a winner. Like yeah. you're in happier locker rooms, you you're talking to happier coaches, happier players. Like it just selfishly it's a, a more enjoyable experience covering winning teams and um, you know, like most businesses it is a relationship uh, driven business. So if you're develop if you if you're doing a good job, you know, in in developing relationships with these players that you cover and, and getting to know them on a personal level, yeah, I, I think it's only natural to, to, to you know, deep down be, be wanting what's best for them and, and to whether it's outwardly or yeah. not, you know, rooting for them to win.
1: Let's move to Ohio State football because that's something that you covered before you even started covering these teams in Cleveland. Um, mm-hmm. This last season has obviously been a whirlwind for Ohio State. Um, and then moving into the new era with the new head football coach there, Ryan Day. What, what's your thoughts on this program and the state of it right now?
0: Yeah, it, it's obviously a really interesting time, and, and that's something. So my first year on the Ohio State beat, like on, on a full-time professional basis, was Urban Meyer's first year in Columbus. So to a degree, covering o- Ohio State, Urban Meyer is, is really, you know, all I know, and, and it's a little... Um, it's unique because they're going to somebody who's been on the staff now for, for the last two years in in Ryan day, but just, you know, I, I haven't been down in Columbus as often as obviously I I was when I was living there, but I still keep in touch with, with a lot of my friends who were on the beat. And, um, I obviously, you know, go down there for the big games and, and was down there for all the major urban Meyer news that happened. um, I think the thing just kind of ran its course and, yeah, and I think yeah. that, you know, it, 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 sustained itself for seven seasons. And I mean, it, you look at what Ohio state accomplished in those seven seasons, it's as successful as, as any era in Ohio state history, but whether it's what was going on off the field with, with Zach Smith or, um, you know, e- even just the way some of the, you know, you look at the personnel decisions, Ohio state is pretty firmly behind Clemson and, and Alabama right now in, in terms of you know, the, the top tier of college football. And and I think it was probably time for a change. I think you look at what Ryan Day has done and, and you see, you know, bringing in Justin Fields, the quarterback yeah, transfer from Georgia, you know, that, that was kind of a ruthless move in, in terms of having Tate Martell sure. still on the roster. But um, I think Ryan Day is going to make those ruthless moves. And, and I think if Ohio State's going to catch up to Alabama and Clemson, yeah. That's something that, that they need to do. I something that stood out to me watching that national title game before, but between Alabama and Clemson was just how many true freshmen were on the field. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a you know that's kind of a, a inefficiency that they've learned to exploit where if you can get these freshmen ready to play right away, you have them playing for three seasons. whereas Ohio State had kind of gotten in this habit of developing players later in their career, and then they're off to the NFL. So I think if, if, you know, Ryan Day can bring that mentality of if I'm going to be ruthless on the transfer market, I'm going to play my true freshman right away. Obviously, Ohio State has no issue recruiting right. talent. I think that's something that, that would really, you know, behoove the program and, and help them get back to that Alabama Clemson. like He's level. gutsy.
2: I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he seems gutsy. Well, let's talk a little bit about your book, Urban Meyer vs College Football, the case for college football's greatest coach. What inspired you to write a book like that?
0: It was something where actually the the publisher came to me and they were looking for somebody to write the book. It it wasn't something where, you know, I went out there and and pitched the book. And um, initially I was a little hesitant just because, one, it's a lot of work. And and I knew it was going to be a lot of work. And uh, I was just starting a a new job at that time with with Land of Ten and, and Cox Media, Uh, when I was covering Ohio State back in Columbus. But it was something where I thought, you know, how many people get the opportunity to write a book? It's something that would be cool to put on my resume, something that would be cool for, for, you know, my family and friends to to see and uh, for them to have something. You know, I've written thousands of articles throughout my career, but to have, you know, a a physical book that people can show people and, uh, you know, that one day I could show to my kids, I, I thought that would be pretty cool. So I decided to uh, kind of gut up and, and do it and write the book and I figured you know if, if there's one subject that I know in my career it, it's Urban Meyer in Ohio State football so um, it actually wound up not coming out until I, I had left the Ohio State beat on a oh, full-time wow. basis and, and yeah I was up here in Cleveland and it's kind of funny because you know if you look at the book jacket and stuff it still has me listed at land of 10 and
1: oh, all funny. of that
0: but um, you know, it's something cool and, and I can still go on radio shows and, and tout myself as an Ohio State expert because I've written a book about <laughs> Urban Meyer and, and all of that. And um, it was just a cool experience and, and something, you know, different I wanted to do in my career. And um, I, I was fortunate to have that opportunity.
1: Well, Ben, we all know this because we're in this business together and you had mentioned it, you know, you have been going since pretty much you started this job in Cleveland. No two days are the same in this business. And I think that's why we love it so much and it's really not a job to us. So for all the things that you've been through, all the opportunities, you've had the moments, the memories, what's, what's the best part for you?
0: I think the, the best part is, I mean, one, you know, it, it, it's such a cliche, but how's it go? They um, do something you love and, and yeah. you never feel like you work, you a, work day a day in your, in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Like I've never truly felt like, you know, that, yeah, there's going to be stuff that, that you have to do that you don't want to do. But at the end of the day, like you can sit back and say, it's pretty silly that that's what I was <laughs> upset that I had to do. When you know, you talk to fans and or you look on Twitter and there are people who like, would kill to have this job or, or kill to get in this field. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the fact that, you know, I, I just turned 30 and, and I've still been able to sustain a career in this field where, you know, I, I have friends who have just said, you know, in, in all the credit in the world to them, that they made the decision that this isn't what they want to do anymore, or um, that, that they wanted to go to, to another field or, or whatever the reason was. But the fact that I've been able to sustain a career in, in this field I'm, is something I'm, I'm extreme, extremely proud of. Um, and, and like you said, you never know what this day is gonna bring. And there are things that when they happen, it, it feels like the most stressful thing in the world. Like I remember yeah. um, th- this past year, it, it was the morning after you know Halloween or, or the weekend where everybody was going out for Halloween. Um, and and I was pretty hungover and, and on my way to, to get bagels. <laughs> Uh, with my fiance and and just have a relaxing Sunday and kind of mellow out. I'm listening to sports talk radio and I hear in, in like in 2018, how often do you hear news broken over the radio? You you see it on Twitter or or get an alert on your phone, but I hear that the Cavs fired, uh, Tyrone Liu, their head coach. So I was like, I I turned to to my fiance, Tori, and I'm like, you're going to have to turn the car around. (laughs) I have to go home. (laughs) um thing she's an avid sports fan too right she understands
1: (laughs) yeah
0: she understood she wasn't happy but but she understood it um and and stuff like that it feels like the most stressful thing in the world but i just love that feeling of of when you're going you know a hundred miles an hour and and you can't do enough to to cover the story or or get something more for the story and it's so stressful but but you look back at it and it's such a cool story and, and such a um, you know, moment that sticks out and you're going to have moments like that. I remember, you know, when, when all the urban Meyer news broke over the summer and, and all the stuff with Brett McMurphy, just by chance, I was covering the, um, the, the Bridgestone Invitational in Akron, mm-hmm. the the golf tournament. And I yeah. was sitting next to Kyle Roland who, who covers Ohio state for the Toledo blade. And he's somebody who, who was one of my good friends on the Ohio state beat who I don't get to see that often. Um, because, you know he's in Toledo. I'm in Cleveland. I'm not on the Ohio State beat full time. I happen to just be sitting next to him in this press room when all of this Urban Meyer, oh, wow. Zach Smith, Brett McMurphy news is is uh, breaking. And and yeah, it, it was a terrible story, and, and the circumstances of the story were terrible. But it was just cool to be next to him and, and experiencing this story in real time. So. Like you said, you know, no two days are alike. You never know what the next day is going to bring. It, it never gets old. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm so por- fortunate to still be in this field. And um, like you said, I mean, I, I never feel like I'm, I'm truly, truly, you know, working. <laughs>
2: yep. Well, Ben, we can't let you go without asking about the viral moment you had recently. <laughs> I'll let. Well, I'll, that's
0: true, that's true. <laughs> oh
2: I'll I'll God. let you explain. But I hear your new name these days is this guy.
0: yeah um so so that's something that you know one thing that that i kind of pride myself on is i feel like i have a a good ear or or a good nose for you know what people like me and just you know standard typical sports fans what they're interested in what they want to read about what 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 they'll draw a connection to especially you know in, in times in the sports calendar or days in the sports calendar even that feel a little slower so um I w- i think I had woken up early, and, and you know, if I wake up and have nothing to do, or I'm I'm, I'm on the treadmill or whatever, I just listen to podcasts. Like I listen to, to dozens and dozens of podcasts each week, and I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, uh, and, and I especially love his NBA podcasts. And he's talking about the NBA, he's talking about the NBA draft, and kind of out of nowhere, even he just starts to go on a tangent about if the Cavs win the NBA lottery. How he's leaving sports media forever and and how he couldn't stand to see the Cavs win the sports lottery again. And so, as somebody who hasn't had very many fun Cavs stories to write about this year, I was like, all right, I'm going to write about this story. Bill Simmons is a pretty big name in in sports circles. Um, You know, I I think that this is a a relevant story that that fans like me or, or fans who I know would be interested in reading. So I write this story about how Bill Simmons jokingly, well, in the headline I didn't put jokingly, but in the story (laughs) I put jokingly, threatens to leave sports media if if the Cavs win the NBA draft lottery and and get Zion Williamson. And the story does really well, like from a traffic standpoint, and and it was our top story on, on our website for the day. And so I'm pretty proud of it. And then I get home, and probably around 9 or 10 p.m., I happen to just open Twitter. Yep. And I see Bill Simmons with a tweet and all I see, I, I don't see the text of the tweet, but all I see is a link to a WKYC story. Oh and I boy. was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and so I was like, what is this going to say? What is this going to say? And so I read the tweet and it wound up not being all that bad. Uh, it, he, he basically said something to the effect where I, I on my podcast today, I, I jokingly said I would leave sports media and, and turn the ringer into a, a pop culture website if the Cavs won the lottery and, and drafted zion williamson and this guy wrote a story about <laughs> i i love that this guy wrote a serious story about it and so i was like i'm just gonna own this like bill simmons is an idol of mine sure. bill simmons is one of the biggest reasons why i'm in sports media uh his, his ability you know to to relate to the average sports fan and tie pop culture to sports like that is something that when i was 21 years old or, or 20 years old and just getting into this that's something that, that really appealed to me and his podcast was the first podcast that i listened to on a, a a regular religious basis so um yeah so so i kind of just was like i'm gonna take this on the chin i'm gonna own it uh him tweeting out the link uh uh did wonders <laughs> for the traffic of our website oh, so i was yeah. thankful for that and but yeah so so he called me this guy and and so i changed my twitter uh, display name to this guy. homage uh, who, who I know we all love, down well, in, yeah. on the, the t-shirt in Sports Apparel Company. Sure I want a shirt. I know, know so in... do I. Yeah, they're, they're incredible. <laughs> they, they made me a custom shirt that said this guy on it.
2: And, and Honestly, it. I don't know how you keep up with your Twitter. Like, you constantly have people tweeting at you and you're always interacting on Twitter. That must be like a full-time job too
0: it, it pretty much is and, and that's something where i i use tweet deck which is this app on on my desktop where the tweets just scroll through but uh yeah i get i mean my mentions are usually <laughs> on the desktop, so um but but even even at work having people walk up to me and call me this guy or the people who still tweet at me and, and call me this guy it, it's funny to see the way that it's it kind that's of so keeps. awesome that was a cool <laughs> moment that that could have been a lot worse
1: then for all those people out there just because we just shared a great social media moment um where can they go find you on twitter and etc all those things out there
0: yeah uh, the the easiest place place is probably twitter um and, and my handle is at ben axelrod b-e-n-a-x-e-l-r-o-d um i'm always tweeting my links to my stories there i always interacting with people um just always generally active on twitter so, th- so that's probably the best place and then um, you know, WKYC.com, if you go to our sports section, um, I'm pretty frequently populating that with Cavs and Browns yeah. and uh, Indians and Ohio State stories. So uh, those are probably the two best places to find me.
1: Well, it's been fun having yeah. you on, Ben. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for you know what you're able to do now. And like you said, you keep continuing um, on in your career, and I give you a lot of credit for that. And you guys, this guy is a great guy. If you like sports in general, and really knowledgeable, like you like you had mentioned, you look up to Simmons, like a lot of people look at you and say, you can relate to an average sports fan. So if you like sports, go follow His
2: him. tweets are really funny.
0: Oh, I, I appreciate that, <laughs> <Kayla>. You're welcome.
2: <laughs> I find myself laughing out loud sometimes at your tweets. They're just so, you'll quote tweets someone <laughs> yeah. and it's, hilar- it's hilarious. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I. I need to slow down though, because sometimes I'll go through my own tweets. And I'm like, God, I'm so. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's worked to this point, and um, I mean, I, I've gotten jobs because of, of Twitter and stuff. So.
1: You gotta be um, you, man. You yeah. gotta be you. Yeah, and
0: and I am generally obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, so that makes. Sense.
1: It's okay.
0: Uh, no, thank you for having me. I, I miss you guys.
1: So yeah, Ben, Thanks, thank ben. you so much. Of course. So good to reunite with our buddy there, Ella. Uh, ben is is definitely one of the more knowledgeable guys that I know, and he's still so young in his career. So for what he's been able to do in that um, Ohio, the state of Ohio, is is pretty incredible in terms of what he's covered.
2: Definitely, and my favorite story by far was when he talked about um, when he gets when he got a call, you know yeah. that. Um, Tyron Lou got fired and had to turn the car around and go <laughs> tackle the story. But it's so true, especially when you you're on a beat like he like he is and you're following one team on a day-to-day basis when something like that happens it it turns your whole life upside down basically and so i love hearing from his perspective I, i think it's really cool when you can hear from writers because as we know writers are so important to what we do because when we're doing research we're reading other people's articles that they wrote um so i i think it's it's so challenging what he does and he had really just great funny authentic stories to share that i really enjoyed
1: yeah and it's it's great because we had mentioned this a little bit but he was able to give us perspective on covering teams sometimes that aren't having success and i thought that was interesting how he touched on that and especially how he touched on and i didn't even think about this but he's from that cleveland area and he grew up a cleveland sports fan and so i enjoyed him talking about the the process of becoming somebody who has to actually cover them now and he was honest by saying you know I still am a fan at heart and it just goes to show that like what we do like even as reporters we're still humans and and we still have that connection to our teams
2: well I thought it was interesting that he brought up you know it's difficult to cover a team when they're losing and easy when they're winning because we just talked about this last in last week's episode and so to hear someone else bring it up too um was funny but also like you said that was the first thing you learn in journalism school is you know okay turn in your fan card now because you're not a fan anymore and I remember the first time I was in an Ohio State football um, press box as you know it is all business there oh yeah it is not fun and games it is serious stuff there's people everywhere and as a student for you to be able to work a game, they had to really drill it into your head. Like there's no cheering, there's no reacting to what's going on in the field. And as a student that was so hard, you know, it's you're young and it's your team and where you go to school. And I mean, the minute you step in that press box, that the the games are over.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. If you guys have ever been in a press box out there, um, for some reason, if you're not in media, you'll you'll know that it's it's pretty quiet place up there. And yeah, you can talk and everything, but I have been in some press boxes, Ella, where at times grown people I'm not gonna say male or female, but grown people have. Cheered, and it's almost like I'm embarrassed for them, you know, because I'm like, okay, you know the rules. You can do what you want outside of it when you're at home or whatever, but you know the rules about the press box, and that is a golden rule that you cannot, (laughs) you cannot really break because otherwise people will be looking at you like, what's going on here? Oh yeah,
2: it's my first experience. I was like, what world did I just step into? Because this is yeah. There's this huge game. There's a hundred thousand people surrounding us, and. no one is making a sound. It's insane. And then when I was in um, MLS press boxes, I covered a, a gold cup friendly um, maybe two summers ago and they were playing Ghana. And all the people representing Ghana that were in the press box, they were cheering and screaming. And, I mean, it was the loudest press box I've ever been in and people had to keep reminding them to be quiet. And I think there's just a cultural difference there. I don't think... That occurs everywhere. I don't know if it's just an American thing that you're quiet in a press box, but it was a totally different experience because they were like having a party in the press box, and then more of like the Major League Soccer people, you know, conducted themselves the way I've been taught to in right. a press box. So that was a very, very interesting experience for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it it's it's different everywhere, but that's one thing that I've learned. Like I've tried to to always make sure that I'm I'm for the most part quiet up there and if I do get excited you could probably tell by my facial expressions yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's about what I keep it at so well we hope you guys enjoyed um, our, our guest this week for episode 10 we have an exciting guest to get to next week that is going to indulge into a whole different type of sport that we have not covered yet on this podcast so we're excited about that but Ella for now where can everybody go to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media
2: yes so if you're listening right now on itunes you can just click that subscribe button and please feel free to leave us a rate or a review we love um reading your comments on social media you can follow us on both twitter and instagram at beyond basic pod we will continue to update it with new content and guest announcements and things of that nature
1: all right well thanks again for tuning in this week and we will catch up with you next week. Have a good week.